Well, good morning. I hope I turned myself on and not off just now. Is that what it did? I'm on. Man, that's good. Uh, I, I want to say welcome, and uh, especially to those that are watching online, and that those of you that are in here, you may have noticed that we changed the room around a little bit. And uh, I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? I mean, there's tables in the room, and there's not rows. And so I remember how I've been telling you is that things need to change. We have some rows in the back because some people are just like, no, no I don't deal with people. And, uh, and I get it. But, see, here's the thing is that Jesus didn't do life in rows, right? He did life in groups, and community. He did life around tables and around. And so we really need to probably honor that and, and look a little more at going, how do we do that and what does it look like for us? And then also, you guys have to understand something. There's more people watching online than are in this building right now. And so we want to make sure that they are actually getting a good quality service as well. So, uh... So let's dive in, right? All right. Uh, actually, a couple other announcements. You may have saw as you're walking in, there, we have a few things coming up. We have, uh, there's going to be a barbecue. There's going to be just a bunch of stuff that's happening. I encourage you to go onto our website, go onto the app, look at the, look at the dates, look at what's coming up. Uh, we, have, we have lots of stuff that's planned. I know we're doing movie night, and uh, we're going to show Doctor Strange here on, on the, the 24th. And so we want you to come hang out. Uh, watch that. We've got just lots of things that are coming down the pipeline, so please, please check it out. Uh, the other thing uh, we're going to do, so when we moved into this building, we kind of did like a silent open, right? We just moved in and said, hey, let's just not tell anybody that we're here. And uh, so we want to kind of do a little bit more of, a, of an opening, so that's what we're going to be working on right now, and so we're going to give you some more dates and stuff like that that's just, as it's coming, and we're going to ask you to invite, help us, go door tag, do things like that. Anyway, Let's dive in. So, we're in this series called Chasing Carrots, and we're just going to do this briefly. We have a guest speaker coming, and I'm kind of going to run this until that guest speaker gets here, and then I'm going to go back into Ephesians. And, uh, and so, but the reason why I'm kind of here is last week we lost somebody of the Edge family, kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop, so I kind of went back to something I knew. So I was like, I need to go to something... And also, it really needed to recenter me, and so here we are in this. But we're talking about chasing carrots. If you guys know what chasing carrots are, you remember, have you ever seen, like we, we have the, 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 the hamster in the habit trail here, right? The hamster in the wheel, where it just, it literally goes nowhere, right? As you look at this, the hamster's running. Have you ever, ever watched this? Anybody ever had hamsters? Anybody in here ever had a hamster? I think it's the funniest thing ever to watch a hamster get onto the wheel and run as fast as it can and literally go no place, right? Like, like, they, like, it's, like they think that they're going someplace. Like they imagine, I'm going to get to the top of this wheel one day. And, and sometimes it's funny to watch them stop and then it doesn't spin. You know, they're just on it and it just spins around with them on it. And so, but I don't know if you ever remember, do you remember there used to be cartoons where people would sitting on the back of a horse or a donkey, they would have a, a stick with a rope, and, a, and just out of the horse's reach or the donkey's reach would be the carrot. And, and see, for us, that is where our life is. Our life, is, it's just, you know, you get your teeth on, and you're trying to get to the carrot. You, whatever that carrot is, and last week we talked about it being fame, and today we're going to talk about it being money. Because see, a lot of us we are after, we, we think in our mindset, if we had more money, that everything would be perfect. That's what we think. We, we get this mindset, we think that everybody, let's just ask this. How many of you would like to be rich? Show of hands. If you're at home, we know that you like to be rich. Just go ahead and put your hand up, right? You, so <laughs> how many of you, uh, let's just keep your hand up if, you like to, if you'd like to be rich one day. Just, you know, it's not a bad thing. Don't be worried about me to say, hey, if you want to be rich, it's okay to be rich. We're going to talk about that, but if you, how about this? Do you know somebody who wants to be rich? How about that? Do you know somebody who wants to be rich? Now, how many of you are filthy rich? Everybody else put your hands down because we're going to have to talk some more, right? After service, we're just going to have to have a conversation if somebody in here is filthy rich. That is the truth, right? So, see, almost all of you are not rich, right? You're not filthy rich. Almost all of you. Some of you want to be rich, but most of us in here are pursuing more. Well, that's what, really what it comes down. We're pursuing more. We are, I'm after more. I, I'm after this. Here, how about this? Let me, I'm going to give you this. There was a survey taken 
for 5 million people. And they asked, if we gave you $5 million, how many of you would do this? 54% of them said, I will listen to country music for the rest of my life. Nothing, no other music, no nothing else. 54% of them, for $5 million, I'll listen to country music for the rest of my life. 42% of people for $5 million said they would have all their teeth removed. <laughs> all of their teeth taken out. 50% of them said, 50% of them said, if you gave me $5 million and one random person died, I'm okay with that. Right? I'm okay with that. 50%, I'm telling you, I'm, hey, one random person? Is it one random person I know? I mean, if it's a random person I know, you know, I mean, but it happens, right? And it happens every day. Somebody came up, I mean, you got to think about this. Somebody brought you $5 million, put it right in front of you and said, hey, one random person's going to die, you take this movie, this money. And you'd be like, Random, how random? Like part of my family random or part of the world random? It would cause you to question it. I mean, I'd be okay. You'd probably get through listening to, to, I could probably do country music for the rest of my life if I had two for $5 million. I just wouldn't listen to music anymore. I'd just be like, oh, mm-hmm. turn it off. How many? 24% of people, 24% of the respondents said they would live in solitude for the rest of their lives. They would just live completely alone, never have anybody else around them for the rest of their lives. Gallup poll also asked, what is rich? Gallup asked, what is rich? So they asked people if they were making $30,000 a year, they said, if I only made $74,000 a year, I would be rich and I'd be able to, it would be, everything would be perfect. I gotta tell you something, $74,000 a year ain't rich, right? If people that were making $50,000 a year, they said if I made $100,000 a year, they would be rich, right? It, it, that's just how they, now all of you live in California, by the way, we should take this and we, if we were to transplant it to Alabama, we were to transplant it someplace there, it changes things, right? It becomes money, it becomes life-changing. Here in California, we go, if you make less than $150,000 a year, you're poor. That's what you did. That's what it is. Especially if you live in the Bay Area, they actually did a study on it. If you make less than one hundred forty-four thousand dollars, you are in poverty inside of the, the Bay Area region. So, top earners, top earners say they have to have five million dollars in assets to consider themselves rich. Five million dollars in assets to consider themselves rich. Ask somebody with two million dollars if they if they are rich, and they will tell you no. $2 million seems like a lot of money, especially to us that have no money, but $2 million is not a lot of money. And see, what we need to understand, though, is that rich is a moving target. You know, years ago, you would if I make this amount of money, I, this would happen, or this would get to, and, and, and I would be rich. We used to, I used to talk about it going, if I made $100,000 a year, everything would be perfect. I made $100,000 a year, everything still sucked. It, it's just going to tell you. It's just how it was. So how much money... Do you need to be happy is the question. How much money is it that you need to be happy? And the answer is a little more. That's what it is. We all would go just a little more. I would be happier if it was just a little more money. I would be happy. Just a, I don't need a lot more. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to have the $5 million in assets. I just need a little more. I just want to be able to pay my bills and be able to go do the things I like to do with the people I like to do them with. And right? Isn't that what it is? <laughs> just a little more money. Here's what it says in scripture, Luke 12, 15. It says, then he said to them, watch out. And, and, and anytime in scripture you see an exclamation point, it's almost one of those things that, that the scripture is shouting out to you. The exclamation point is actually a, 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 it's like, watch out. It's like, hey, get out of the way. It's one of those things that you need to see that anytime you see an exclamation point, just understand that's literally somebody yelling at that point. And it says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Right? Watch out. It's it's, the word is be ready. Here it comes. You know, anybody, you ever ridden a ride at one of these theme parks? You ever gone on? And I remember going into, when I was, when I was small, it's hard to imagine, but one day, Years ago, I was small, and what happened, I went, to, I went to Great America, and they used to have this ride called The Edge, right? You know, 
it would drop you down. It would take you up. And everybody used to put a penny on their knee. You would put a penny on your knee. It would take you out. And, and it would drop you down. And the penny would land in your face or something like that. I, but I got out there. And you would get up. And it went, the ride, as you went up, it went up on the back part. And then it would shift you out. You know, it would bring you out on the... And then you had the anticipation. And you were like, I got to be ready. Right? You know, so you clench up. You're like, all right, let's get ready. And then it drops. That's kind of the mindset that we have to be. We, we have to understand where we're going. We're going up. We're getting ready to be dropped out, right? We're getting ready to go out onto the edge, and it's getting ready to drop us. That's the mindset we have to be in. We have to be ready. Because guess what? Most of you are on social media. Most of you are, are, are watching TV. Most of you have friends that are on this continual pursuit of stuff. They're just on a mission. They're like, I got to get more stuff. Like, anything gets in the way, they just knock it over, right? It's after more and more stuff. And see, for us, we have to recognize that we have to be on guard for people that are on this continual pursuit of stuff, of, of the advertising of stuff, the, the, the continual push to get more stuff. That's what it is, more and more and more. See, in your mind, what you don't need or what you don't have is what you need to be happy. In your mind, what you don't have is what you need to be happy and fulfilled. I, I mean, we just got to think about this. Look at the rich man in the harvest. What should I do with this? I got so much stuff. What am I supposed to do with it? I got all of this grain. I got mountains and mountains of grain. What am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> I have no place to store it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tear down my old barns and I'm going to build new barns. Right? That's, that's what he comes out and he says. Here's what it says in scripture. Luke 12, 20-21. It says, But God said to him, You fool! This very night... Again, you see... Let's go back. You see the explanation point? Yeah. You see that? You fool? <laughs> Can you imagine God shouting down at you? You fool? You know what I mean? Could you imagine this? Is that... So... This very night your life will be demanded from you, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves and is not rich towards God. He wasn't mad because he was rich. Understand something. God's not mad because the rich man is rich. He's blessed. He's mad because he's not rich towards God. He's not rich in giving. He's not rich in taking care of his... If you had enough grain in your community, if you had enough grain to fill your storehouse, which you built to take care of your family for the year, and now it's overflowing, what are you supposed to do with that? Share. Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Well, why isn't that guy sharing? Because he's stingy. And he's stingy towards God. So here, we're going to give you some good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? It doesn't matter. We're going to do the good news. The good news is, each and every one of you in this room, all of you, you are rich. All of you are rich. See, most of you don't believe me, right? You, you really, you're like going, Mike, I don't feel rich. I don't feel rich. I'm broke. I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. Three billion people in the world, three billion people in the world live on $2 or less a day. They live on $2 or less a day. You can't get a quarter tank. You can't get a quarter gallon of gas for $2. I mean, just think about this. For, on $2, could you survive on $65 this month? If somebody was to go, hey, here's $65, get through. You don't, I'm telling you, you need a lot of top ramen and rice. You'd make it. I mean, you might not pay any bills, but you'd get through and eat. I mean, you'd be out here on the trail with all these cats over here sleeping on the streets. But, but that's how it is. And still in the mindset, you have to understand something. You are rich. You have it. See, what upsets you? There's so many people out there, it upsets them that Amazon took three days. Oh, what am I going to do? Amazon took three days to get to me. What? What is, what, what is wrong with you? Or to, 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 you're, you've been waiting for six months to get your Yeezys. I mean, come on, let's, let's work this out. Yeah. 
know, you pull through, you get upset, you pull through the McDonald's and the McDonald's, you get through, you get out, this used to upset me, it doesn't upset me quite as much now, but you would get through the window, you would get out, you would reach into the bag, get your happy little Dunkin' Nuggets out, and then realize you have no Dunkin' Sauce. How upset do you get then? You're like, hey, what is going on? What? Ooh, I'm going to complain to Nikki, Mickey D's, right? Mickey D's don't care, and they're like, come back and get some sauce. Or, or how, how upset, so we experienced this a couple nights ago, our internet went out. Right? <laughs> Woo! Trying to do family time. Trying to do some family time. With, with, actually, the kids all wanted to watch. The kids wanted to watch a movie. We were going to watch a movie with them. So, I, like, we went on. Like, I, it was fine. I could watch it on my phone. I could have watched it anyway. It would have been fine. But we wanted to watch a movie together on our TV. Well, no internet, no TV. Right? Simple as that. But, so, how upset do people get though when the Netflix won't connect to the Wi-Fi? No. What am I going to do? No net. No Netflix, no, no, no Hulu, no whatever it is that you're watching, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, we just get upset about it. Or, or I love this. I saw somebody at the airplane at the airport last month. They were so, so upset, so upset that their AirPods wouldn't connect to their phone and they had to hold it up to their face. They, I, I mean they, it was a travesty, right? They, they were, in, they, like, like, they almost were like, I'm switching to Android. No, you're not. You're already in. You're not going anywhere. You know, you see, that's the problem though. See, for us in our world today, literally right now on your phone, you can play any song in the world right now. You can just go out and play it. You can do it. You can play any video game that you want by downloading it to your, anytime, any place, anytime. You can stream almost any show to your iPad, to your, to your tablet, to whatever it is. When you're hungry, in your car, you're in your car, you drive past 14 different restaurants to get to the one that you want. But what you don't understand, somebody else milked the cow, somebody else caught the fish, somebody else caught the head off the chicken, somebody else cleaned it, somebody else cooked it, somebody else prepared the plate, somebody else garnished it and put it in front of you. And most of that did not happen here in the United States. See, you don't understand how rich you are, but yet everything is given to you. It's, it's just provided. Here you go. Here it is. See, and some of you in here, you're like, oh, Mike, I'm not rich. I am hurting. I have medical bills. I have, I'm unemployed. I've gone through a divorce. I, whatever it is, whatever is going on, you have, you have no idea what's happening with me, Mike. I don't feel rich. But it doesn't, but you are rich. See, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get good at being rich. I want you to, I want you to get good at being rich. And I want, in the first step, they say, in order to, to, to recognize you have any addiction or to be, to just admit something, right? The first step is you have to say it out loud. Right? That's how it has to be. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, I'm rich. I'm rich. Let's try again. That just wasn't loud enough in here. So let's do it again. Say, I'm rich. I'm rich. See, now I believe you, right? Like if I was to walk in and people were like, I'm rich. And it was like some sort of, like, like some sort of meeting like this. I'd be like, I'd be like. Who are we robbing right now? No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. I know that, that making that statement makes you a little uncomfortable. Here, ask yourself why. Why does it make you uncomfortable to say that statement? Why? Why does it make you uncomfortable? Ecclesiastes 5:19. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions, the ability to enjoy them to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. If God is given to you, see, see what you have to remember something is that each one of us, most of you didn't get to choose where you're going to be born, right? You weren't up in heaven. There was, I don't know what that show was that they, that they had them. They were like, oh, he's going to go be this person. What was that? Was that soul? Was that the movie? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Most of us are not up in heaven looking down going, I get to be born in the United States. I really... You know, or they go, I want to be born. Nobody ever looks and goes, I want to be born in China. Or I want to be born in this place. Or I want to be born here. We don't make those decisions. You didn't get a choice to be born where you are. So you have to be thankful that you're here, right? Because I can tell you right now, in the countries that I have been to, in the places I've been to, we have true first world problems. True first world problems. We, we, are, we forget 
all the things that we can. And see, what, you, what we end up doing is we end up apologizing for the blessing of God. You being born here is a blessing. You being born the way that you have things is a blessing. And so you have to, you have to take that. You have to sit there and go, I, how can I apologize for what God is? God has placed me in this position today for me. How do I, how do I deal with this? How do, I, how do I go against this? What other blessings do you have that, that, that God has helped providing? You, look, you, go, you don't get mad if you have a good marriage, right? If your marriage is amazing, you don't go, God, why did you? I, I have a hard time saying I got a great marriage, right? Why would you do that, right? Or what about if you're in good shape? Like, I can't say this statement, but somebody in here could, right? They'd be like, God, I'm in great shape. I have to be upset. I'm going to go eat some cake. You don't apologize for that, right? right? You don't apologize. Why would you apologize for being rich? Why would you apologize for that? I, I, you know, see, number two here, the bad news, right? I told you I was going to give you some bad news. The bad news is you're rich. <laughs> That's the bad news. The good news is you're rich. The bad news is you're rich. It's, it's the bad news. That's really what, because here's what it says. You are at a spiritual disadvantage. Being rich makes you at a spiritual, because here's the thing. I, just look at it. Tax time rolls around, and if, you got, if you're one of those people that gets that, that EIC credit, that earned income credit, that shows up. You get that however much that is, 3,500, 4,500, 6,500, 12,000, and all of a sudden, you don't need God. You're like, well, no, God, I'll see you in four months when I'm broke, you know, or in four days when I've already, when I get, when I've already spent all this money. We disappear from God's favor, or we disappear from God at that point because we've gotten the favor, we get the money that shows up, and we're like, God, thank you. I, I hit my cosmic Coke machine, I got delivered the money I asked for, and now I'm out. And that's what happens. Often, we see people all the time that go from highly dependent upon God, all of a sudden they change, they transform, and now they, they got some money in, or something happened, or something changed, and now no more God. You're at a spiritual disadvantage. No more relationship. It, 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 <clears throat> Luke 18, verses 24 and 25, it says, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because the rich ruler continued to choose his stuff over his relationship with God, over his relationship with Jesus. It's all about stuff. I got to have more stuff. I got to have more. I got to have more. See, for us, we choose, look, just think about this. We choose our food, our house, and Amazon over, and, and, and see, we never have to pray that Amazon's going to deliver. It just delivers. It just shows up. Maybe it's a little late sometimes, but it just, we never go, we, we never go, God, thank you for my daily bread. We, we just, I mean, but think about it. Every time that you eat, God has provided. God has given to you. You know, we look and we have more and more distractions, more and more demands, more and more options, more and more things out there, more and more stuff to manage. We put more and more stuff in there. So just think about the rich ruler back in the day. The rich ruler back in the day had to, just had money. He didn't have internet. He didn't have social media. He didn't have Netflix. He didn't have Hulu. He didn't have Xbox. He didn't have the PlayStation. He didn't have any of those things. And and here's what Jesus says. It's going to be very hard for you to get into heaven because you have too much money and you're selfish. And yet, you add in all these other distractions, internet, TV, Xbox, all that stuff. Not only do you not have a relationship with God, often you don't shower. Do you know that? Do you know that you'll never hear people say, put down the video game and go get, to, get in the shower from the government? Less people shower on a daily basis now than in the last 50 years. And it's not saving water. <laughs> you're just going out. You're just not going out in the public anymore. So you're just like, I, whatever. I don't care if I stink, but it's good. I, I like my own brand. That's just kind of how it is. <sighs> See, all of, have you ever been to an underdeveloped nation? Uh, have you ever been to an undeveloped nation? So I, I'll just tell you. So we went to, my wife and I, a couple years ago, we went and did a, a wedding. Literally, they flew us to their wedding. That's how rich they were. They were like, hey, they're not that rich, by the way. I'm just making, just making a joke. It was their wedding. They wanted it to be spectacular. They flew us from here to the Dominican Republic. 
We land at the Dominican Republic. We get out of the airport. The airport is yeah, pretty nice. It's not, it's not the new you would write home to mom about, right? You get out of, you know, and then you get on a tour bus and then you drive through. It looks like a hurricane hit the place yesterday. I had to ask the question. I had to ask, hey, when was the last time the place was hit by a hurricane? And the guy goes, I don't know, 26 years ago, 30 years ago? And I go, why haven't they rebuilt? He goes, oh, they don't care. He's all, he's all they only care about two things, tourists and the resorts. And so we go to the resorts, and the resorts were beautiful. Everything was, it's amazing. White sand beaches that they pull in from other places. And all, but, but in the rest of the town, you go, so we were even cautioned as I was trying to walk out the gate. They were like, you shouldn't go out there. What? Yeah, you, I said, I'm a pretty big dude. It, I'm, I'm pretty hard for somebody to take advantage of. And they're like, no, no, they're just going to kidnap you, dude. They're just going to take you. you know? I was like, well, then I'll stay on the property then. <laughs> but that's how it was. I mean, it was, it was so run down. It was so, it just looked destruction. It looked like just everything was gone. And that's what it looks like in an area where there's just this undevelopment. And you just go, there's not a lot of money there. The only thing, the only people that are making money are the Hard Rock Cafe or all the resorts because they just look at it and go, hey, we got sunshine, we can make a beach and we're just going to take over. But they don't care about the community, they don't care about anything else. And we have to, and so when, when you go to those places, why do you think that they're willing to swim from the Dominican Republic and get on a raft that they literally tape together to get to the United States? Why do you think they are? Because it is that terrible. It is that terrible. You guys ever see the earthquake? You know, you remember the Haiti earthquake that happened and they showed, it's still like that, by the way. They haven't rebuilt. Why do you think people are living, leaving and coming here? It's because it's that bad. It's terrible. They are, but here's the thing. They are much spiritually stronger than we are. They are much spiritually stronger than we are. I, uh, I, I, when you look at, so in the United States right now, currently 30% of people consider themselves to be Christians. About 10% of people attend churches on a regular basis. Now, if you go to Belize, we will use Belize as an example because we were looking at doing a missions trip to Belize. We'll use Belize as an example. 99% of people consider themselves to be followers of God, Christians. 95% of people go to, Christian, go to church every Sunday. Every Sunday. And the reason why is because they look at this and go, we, we don't have all these other distractions. We don't have all this other stuff pulling us away. We don't have softball. We don't have the, all these things. We don't have camping. We just camp where we live at. You know? and, and that's just what it is. And, so that's, and they go to church. And then they, and then they dive in and they help one another. And, they, and, and they, they, they literally model the Acts church because they tell people, if you have a need, I'll, help, I'll come over and help you build it. I'll have, I'll t- we'll just take care of it. If you need food, we'll give you food. It's, it, it's different. And we have first world problems because we go, you know what? I don't feel like going to church today. And we forget all the blessings that God has given to us. We forget everything that God has given to us. And we forget that we go, we're called to be thankful for those things. God has given you so much, so much. Amen. Amen. There's, I mean, just think about it. Every one of you has a pair of shoes on. Yeah. If you go to places, I've been to places where nobody had shoes. Every one of you, most of you are wearing socks. And if you're not wearing socks, see me, I got some socks for you. I mean, we'll figure this out. But, but you're wearing clothes. A lot of people don't even have clothes. I was at a place where they literally had no walls on the houses they were living in. They would put up sheets and they would put up tarps and they, would, and they didn't have kitchens and they didn't have those things. And their kids, they would do family time and then they would send their kids out in front of the house. Now go sleep in front of the house. I'm just telling you is that this is the stuff that we look at and we go, oh, I'm not rich. You're rich. You're rich. See, you have a greater responsibility though. And that's the problem is that we, figure, we forget that we have a greater responsibility See, that the, the rich man, the rich young ruler, had a greater responsibility to help those around him. And, and that's what we have to remember. See, Jesus says when much is given, much is expected. That's as simple as that. When much is given, much is expected. See, and culture inundates you. You don't have what you, what you need. That's what culture tells you all the time. You need this. You need this. You need to have this. You need a newer phone. You need a better TV. You need a bigger TV. 
you need a TV that has this new LED background instead of the LCD one that you were watching at. This is going to be so much faster. Everything's going to be so much better. The picture's going to be so much clearer. Right? I just sold you a TV. You're like, maybe I do need a TV. I, I remember when I was a kid, when I was a kid, we had a TV that came in a cabinet, right? It was, it was like, we, we put stuff on the top of it. We had a, it had two knobs on it. You remember what those two knobs were? One was 1 through 12 with a U on it, and then the other one was 13 through 44, you know, and that's, that was it. I mean, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> when it came time to move out of the house, you'd be like, I'm not touching that, I'm not moving that thing. I mean, you knew that nobody was ever going to steal your TV because they couldn't get it out of the house. They'd be like, oh, that's, that stays. You know, they would take the VCR off the top of that bad boy. They would take it, but they're like, the TV? No, that ain't going nowhere. I don't, know when, I don't know what year my mom bought it at or if it was handed down from a generation prior. I have no idea. But, but I remember looking at it and going, there was a, and out of those 12 channels, 1 through 12, and then, and then 13, so the 44 channels that were available on it. There was like six, there was like six channels that worked. It was, it was, I grew up in the Bay Area, so it was two, it was four, it was five, and then seven and 13, right? That was it. That was, that's what you got. Nine. Oh, PBS. I forgot about that. I never watched that anyway. That's why. I was like, I'm, you'd, get to, you'd get to Big Bird and be like, nope, skip you, Big Bird. <laughs> right to the next one. <laughs> That's, but see, that's how it was, right? And then you would have maybe another one that would be way out there, and all of a sudden you would get there, and they'd be like talking in Spanish. You'd be like, whoa, what, what happened here? And then it expanded, and then you got, like, I love you guys. You're all from the Bay Area. You're like, oh, what about 26, Mike, and what about this one? Those all came later, by the way. I'm just giving you my age. <laughs> how about this? How, I, I love this one. How many of you ladies out there might, you don't, please don't raise your hand. I don't really want to know. How many of you have a coach purse? How many of you have multiple coach purses? My wife put her hand up. She's like, I have, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Does that coach purse help you carry more stuff or than the, than the one that you could get out of Walmart or the one that you could get some other place? Does it, does it actually do something more efficient? Does it change things? So for the price of a coach purse, you can buy 40 Walmart ones. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, hey, hey, I'm going to get to the guys. Don't, don't stop and stop, stop. I'm going to get to the guys. Guys are coming up next, right? How about this? How about you guys in here? How about, how about those name brand shoes? How many of those guys have to have Jordans, right? You have to, you know, and she's like, I'd rather have shoes than purses, but, or my favorite, my favorite is the watch. So I have... I have a collection of watches, but I've, I haven't worn one. I bought an Apple Watch. I haven't worn another watch since. And so it's been... Is it waterproof? It is waterproof. I go swimming with it all the time. Uh, with me, what about sunglasses? Oh, man. I, and I can't wear cheap sunglasses. I just, I won't do it. I, like, I, like, I'm just like, I'm not going to wear cheap sunglasses. Or what about your wallet? You know, you just start looking at it. Your jacket, your, your, your backpack the speakers that you have, the car that you drive. Nobody likes riding around in a 1972 Pinto, right? It doesn't matter that it's a bomb that you're driving, just that you look and go, oh, you drive a Pinto? You know, but that's the mindset that we have. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be here. What about the flooring in your house? I walk into my house and I, and I, and I get to the back room of my house. My, my house has a back, you know, we have, we have tile in the front and we have some carpet in the back and we get on the tile and, and we have dogs. So if you have dogs, you can probably, you probably understand this, is that the dogs seem to enjoy the, the carpet much more than the tile and much more than the lawn outside sometimes, right? You're like, hey, we got this beautiful lawn. Go, go, go pee and, and do your thing on that. And they're just like, no, 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 no. This carpet's pretty nice. Let's just use this. It's soft. It, it's, you know, it's soft. <laughs> you know, and see, so, so the reason why I bring that up is that you look in here and you go, Oh, I need new carpet. Here's the problem, though. I went in, I, no house that I went to in the Philippines had carpet. Not a single house. Dirt. And if you were rich, you had tile. But it was, it, and, you know, and so that's the thing. But what about the countertops in your house? When you look at it and go, man, I really, how many of us, though, go to the store and go, give me that cheap flamica now? <laughs> you know, no. Not a single one of us are going that right now. We walk in and go, hey, uh, can I get some granite? You know, can I get, uh, 
can I get some uh, some marble? You know, and can I get can I, I in our house we have we have uh, uh, no we have we have bakers uh, we have a baker's you know butcher block is that what we have and and so you just look at it and go oh we we're we're not going to go back to Flamica we're going to just use this we're not going to you know what about the accessories I, you know some of us we have some accessories that you have all kinds of watches and earrings and all kinds of stuff the accessories that we have this and then there's other people out of artwork you know see <laughs> i was talking to somebody just just on friday just friday i was having this conversation with somebody i, I went and met with a pastor and then we went and had and i was talking i was talking to somebody afterwards and he goes we were talking about he has a lake house in lake tahoe and i was like oh that's awesome you're gonna be up there for the for the summer or are you gonna go up there and he goes uh-uh i'm going to italy I go, I go, do you live in Tahoe or do you live? He goes, no, no, I live here in Sacramento. He goes, oh, I have a lake house, but most of the time I'm too busy in Italy to be at the lake house. And I said, I said, oh, okay. That is how our lives are, by the way. It's just what it is. That's where we're at. That's how our lives are. But, you know, and so you may not be looking at going, I go to Italy this time, but guess what? We look at it and we go, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to go to that place. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go do what I want to do. And see, what we got to realize is that we have no time for God. Just like he had no time for his lake house, we have no time for God. See, it tells us, be on your God. A person's life does not consist of an abundance of stuff. Be on your guard. That's what I said, I thought. And it doesn't matter. So know that in your heart. You have to know it in your heart. That your, your life does not consist of the abundance of stuff that you have. It just doesn't. I, I want, actually, I want to even make, give you this other analogy. So I, want, we, I was at a funeral this week. And while I didn't do the funeral, I wasn't the guy who was leading the funeral. And in fact, I, I, I looked... As I sat through the funeral, I, I think I looked probably more lost than anybody else in the place because the funeral was entirely in Russian, right? There was two of us that spoke in English, and the rest of it was in English. It was in Russian. But here's the thing: as I was there, as I wa- as I as I so we pulled up, and the and and the the hearse was already there, but there was no the, behind it. There was no U-Haul, right? And that U-Haul wasn't towing anything. It was. It was literally the person that we were there to, to, to bury, and that was it. See, we go on this acquisition of goods like we're going to take it to heaven with us. Like, hey, when I die, I'm going to get buried with all this stuff. And guess what? When you die, you don't get buried with all that stuff. When you die, it's you and God. And, 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 you get, and, it's, and, it's, you know, and, I, and I hate to have services where we talk about this, but we, we really need to talk about this. We, we have to. You have to understand something. Hell is a real place that real people go to, right? For committing real sin. And as we separate ourselves more and more from God, we have things in here that we're committing sin with, right? All of these things that are happening, all this stuff that we're filling in this time, where all of a sudden we've stopped putting God first. We've stopped honoring him. We've stopped, like, when was the last time some of you took an actual Sabbath, like an actual full day off where you just, you just sat around and did nothing. You, you know, you're just like looking out the window and going, that's cool. That lawn is growing really, really slow, but I'm still not going to mow it, even though it's four foot tall now. <laughs> you, you know, but that's how it is. See, your lifestyle says that you have to spend more money to get more stuff that you don't need to impress other people. That's what it comes down to. That's what your lifestyle says. See, your actions they, it makes you believe that, you, that the more stuff you get, the better your life will be. That's what your actions say. See, when we believe most of our problems can be solved by more stuff, that means that we are living under our power rather than living under God's power. That's what it means. See, money isn't going to help your kids stay off of drugs. In fact, money will probably get them to get drugs. I just want you to know that, right? So, Drew Barrymore, anybody know who Drew Barrymore is? Oh, yeah. So, in case you didn't know, the 40th anniversary of E.T. is coming out. So, so if you didn't know that, that's the reason why you're going to start seeing a whole lot of E.T. stuff. But it's the 40th anniversary. I want you to know that Drew Barrymore, right after the filming E.T., got a cocaine habit. Had a massive, massive cocaine habit. Why? It wasn't that she was 
She didn't have, it, it, she was 11 years old. I, when I was 11 years old, the furthest thing from my mind was cocaine. But I was hanging out with other people that had money. If I hung out with all kinds of people that had money, and I might have been 11, and I had lots of money, I, well, I want to hang out with you guys. I want to fit in. I'm going to do cocaine with you. So I'm just telling you is that money is probably going to make it more availability to have your kids on drugs. So money isn't going to keep your kids off drugs. Money isn't going to heal your loved one's cancer. More money isn't going to make your depression go away. Did you know that? See, we think that if I had more money, that my depression would go away. And that's not the case. More money isn't going to save your marriage. See, we don't need more of what's temporary. We don't need more of what's temporary. We need more of what's eternal. Amen. We need more. We don't need more money. We need more Jesus. That's really what it comes down to. So what is it that you are pursuing? What is it that you're after? What is it that you've been, that you've been chasing after? All of those things are frivolous and worthless if it does not involve Jesus. You have to be pursuing Jesus. Here's what it says in 1 Timothy 6. It says, command those that are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. See, God gives wealth. God gives you everything that you need. And it's not wrong to have stuff. I'm just telling you, it's not wrong to have stuff. Don't feel guilty. You should feel responsible. Those out there that are watching, that those that are in here, that if you're watching and you have stuff and you have money, you have all those things, you are responsible for those things. Now, God has entrusted you to be a steward of those things. Everything that you have, God has entrusted you to be a steward of it. What are you doing with it? We're supposed to be good stewards with our finances, but you're supposed to be good stewards with your stuff. What are you doing with your stuff? How are you helping people? How are you guiding people? How are you, how are you, how are you giving people how are, you, how are you taking care of those around you? You know, see, here's the thing. If you have a bread maker, I'm sorry that I'm going to say this. If you have a bread raker at your house, and you've had it in the closet for five years, and you haven't made any bread in that five-year period, why do you still have You like the idea of making bread, make bread with. So instead, what you should do is either give that bread maker away or take that bread maker out and start making bread and give that bread away. Just think about it. I mean, just think, because so many of us, we have things in our closets, or we have things in our storage, we have things in this, you, you know, that you, don't, you just don't even need. You have, I, I've given you guys this analogy before. Anybody, if you have a storage, if you have whatever it is, you have, you, you, we have a storage right around the corner here. But our storage fee, I'll just tell you, I'll just use ours, is $150 a month, right? Now, I want you to do this, and if you took that storage fee at $150 a month, and you multiplied it by... 12 months, give it a year, right? So for us, that equals out to be $1,300, or $1,800. So $1,800. Could we buy everything in the storage again for $1,800? I couldn't. But a lot of you could. A lot of you could buy, if you had $100 storage, everything that's in your storage, if you were to go off and you were to sell it, use it, whatever you had, and, and then save that money every month, you would be able to probably buy everything again that was in there and have brand new stuff rather than what you have in storage. I, I mean, just most people, the average person carries storage for four years. Could you replace all the stuff in there if you saved that money for four years? I bet you could. I bet you could replace everything in your storage for eight grand. I bet you could. Now, you may not get, you may go get some used stuff. You may go to the thrift store and pick up some stuff, but guess what? Your stuff's already used too, so it's not a big deal. See, it's not wrong to have stuff, but it's wrong just to have it and not do anything with it. It's wrong just to have stuff and not utilize it to actually glorify God and help others around us with. So if, if you have any of those things that you just look at and you go, oh, I just like that because it collects dust. What's the point? How are you helping people? How are you helping people get, grow through this? Don't feel guilty, by the way. That's, again, feel responsible. Don't feel guilty. Just because you had that bread maker in the closet for 10 years, and you're like, what am I going to do with this thing? Now start using it, or give it away. You know, help somebody else out with it. By the way, nobody actually wants to cook their own bread when you can go buy it for $1.50 at the store. So, uh, well, anyway, 1 Timothy 6, verses 18 and 19. It says, command them to do good and be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Command them. Command them to do this. 
In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation in the coming age so that they will take hold of the life that is truly life. So here's the thing. In your notes, I wrote down these statements. It says, God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich, right? But I will not trust in my riches, but I will trust in him who richly provides. That's, that's what we have to get to. See, those of you that have money in the bank, some of us, we have no peace in our heart. You, see, you're, 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 you have to start, stop trusting in the pile and start trusting in the provider. That's what it has to be. See, because I have more, I will give more and do more. That's what we have to get to. These are statements that we have to make. God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. I will not trust in my riches, but in him who richly provides. And because I have more, I will give more and do more. The temporary things of this world promise so much, but they deliver very little. They, they do. You don't, need what's, you don't need more of what's temporary. You need more of what's eternal. I'm just going to repeat this again. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Don't just buy something that excites you for a moment. Uh, it, it just fades. That moment fades. You, you, you know, uh, we used to have, my wife and I used to have this rule in the house, and we probably need to go back to it. You know, we used to have this rule was, so if it was less than $100, we had to t we, you could buy it. If it was less than $100, you're like, hey, if I really want this, you could buy it. Right? Or was it $50? It was less than $50, right? Yeah. And if it was more than $50, we had to talk about it. And if it was more than 100 if it was more than 100 you had to pray about it. Right? You, you just have to, you know, and then if it was more than like 250 you had to wait to buy it overnight. Like if you were in the store and you're like, I want this, but it was more than $250, you had to wait for the next day to buy it. You know, like you had to go home, you had to pray about it, you had to talk about it. And if it was more than that, right, it started getting beyond, I think it was like $1,000, you had to wait a week. You had to pray about it and wait on it a week. And so we bought almost nothing at that point because we're like, oh, I don't really need that. You know, it was just crazy. Now, if you come to our house, we buy everything. It's just like, oh, hey, we got this. But, and that's really where you get to this mindset of going, how do, we, how do we change this? I mean, like every day, there's like a package showing up. Like if it's not us, it's our kids. If it's, it's like crazy, like every single day. Like, I, you know, it's rich. It's rich. I'm rich. You know, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> See, what we really need to do, some of you, Go into your closet. Anybody have a closet that's like mine? It's packed with things that you actually can't wear anymore. I have a closet that I go into and I go, oh, no, no, no. That's got the wrong amount of X's on it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wear this. I can't wear this one. I can't wear this one. I can't. And I just slide past them. And really what I should do is I should take those out, take them off the hanger, fold them up, and send them over to someplace else for somebody else to be able to use it. See, at least once a year, you should actually go through and take them. And then, guys, you have things. And I know... That some of you are like, well, Mike, what about the Levi's thing? They came back like with a vengeance. They, it didn't even matter if they had holes in them. Are you really going to wait 40 years for Levi's to come back again? I mean, that's, that's what we're going to, no, 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 just get rid of that stuff, buy it again. I mean, make some room in your life. <sighs> All right. You do you, boo. That's what it's going to be. That's the man. That's the that's the quote of the week right there. You do you, boo. That's what it's gonna be. Hey, but how about this? How about you do something that matters? Do that matters. Help pay a friend's bill anonymously. How about grab boxes and help a buddy move? How about how about serve at a local mission? How about you know give your first tithe? How about uh, give an offering? How about save your money, go on a mission, and use the time that you get to serve someplace that is in desperate need of people to be there to help out? You, you know, see, all we want is go, God, just provide and give me more, give me more, God, give me more. And really, we have to change this attitude. See, here's what uh, it says, God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich, but I will not trust in my riches, but in him who richly provides, because I have more I will give more and do more. That's how you be rich. That's how you're rich right there. So, and I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to just go back into this. 
and just because I really want to drive home this point, and, and, it's, and it's, not, there's no, there, it's not out here, so you'll have to write it down. It's Ecclesiastes 5.10, and it says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. That's just how it is. That's just where we're at, and that's the position that we're in, and, and I really, really encourage you, encourage you to just really start setting different priorities. Going, what can I do? What do I have to put first? And am I chasing after money? Am I chasing after these things? And really start chasing after what you really want. You really want peace. You want joy. You want this understanding. You want to, you want to have a meeting with a great counselor. You want those things. I'm telling you, those are the things that you really want. Well, stop trying to fill it in with, with stuff. Yeah, stop trying to fill it in with stuff. Stop trying to think that money's going to make it better, because it's not. It's really not. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for this message. Thank you so much for this, for just kind of where our hearts are and, where, and, and how you can see people just this, this mindset of shifting and going, I need to be doing more for Jesus. God has provided so much for me. I need to be out doing more for this community, providing for them, using this bread maker that I've had for five years to be able to provide bread for those around me. Father, help me step into the calling that you have given me. Step me help me step into doing the work that you've asked me to do. Help me love this community. Help me use the resources that you've provided to me to do the work out in this, in this region, in this community, loving on my neighbor, helping those around me. Uh, each one of us, that you've, you've richly provided, and so you've given this, this responsibility to each one of us to love, to give, and to help one another. Uh, help us have the heart that loves like you do, and help us have the eyes that you have to see the needs, and help us just have the spirit of generosity to give to those around us rather than looking at it going, I'm, I, I need to have that. That's got to be mine. I need more and more and more. Father, thank you. Thank you for showing, it us, showing us what it looks like to give. You gave us your son as an example of, of giving up the most precious thing in order for those around you to be, to be loved and feel cared for and, and, to, and really to, for those around us to have salvation. Father, thank you for the greatest gift of all and help us share that same gift with those around us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.